It's Wednesday, February 10th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynesy, the uh, spring training is a week away. We're, we're a week away from uh, pitchers and catchers reporting. So it's as, it's as good a time as any to, to give us, to give a, a, a stab, take a, take a crack at uh, putting together a lineup, what we think the Indians opening day lineup against right-handed pitchers, against left-handed pitchers, what the starting rotation is going to look like. Uh, so we, we went ahead and shared with our subtexters. You posted uh, in the, the subtext uh, app to, to everyone uh, what you thought uh, the the Indians opening day lineup uh, would look like against a right-handed pitcher, against a left-handed pitcher, who's going to play where. Uh, we're going to go through those here in a second, uh, discuss them and debate them, and then read some responses uh, from some of our subtexters who, who had thoughts of their own on what uh, what the Indians lineup will look like. Uh, maybe there's a few differences. Maybe there's, uh, you know, they line up in the same way, but it's as good a time as any. Uh, knowing who's going to be reporting in a couple of days, uh, who's already there working out, and and what the likelihood that some of these guys are going to be on that opening day, twenty uh, six man roster is uh, starting, you know, uh, starting a week from today when we when we get going. Yeah, it's uh, it's right around the corner, Joe, and uh, I don't know if who's in the, in the bubble and who's out of the bubble. I think there's going to be uh, you know some starts and false starts. Uh, but uh, spring training's here, man. So, you know, let's get it on. Let's uh, let's talk uh, tribe lineup. Yeah, let's go, let's go for it. Uh, Hoynesy, why don't you read through uh, who you have starting for the Indians uh, against a right-handed pitcher? Uh, give us the, the the batting order and uh, what positions they're in, and and then I'll give you my responses to to that order first, and then we'll see who they how we switch it up against lefties. Okay. Here's, uh, here's who I have facing a right-hander, Joe. Uh, let's see, uh, Cesar Hernandez uh, leading off at second base. Uh, I got Oscar Mercado playing center field in, in the number two hole. Jose Ramirez at third base in the number three spot. Uh, Eddie Rosario playing left field, hitting fourth. Uh, Fran Mill Reyes at DH, uh, hitting fifth. I've got uh, um, Josh Naylor in right field, uh, hitting six. Uh, Ahmed Rosario at shortstop, hitting seventh. Um, and then I've got uh, I, I've got uh, Bobby Bradley at first base, hitting eighth. And um, no, I've got Perez. Uh, I think. Well, I'm not sure what I had. No, I think no, I'm, you I'm go- Bradley, Bradley yeah. eighth, and Perez ninth. Yeah, yeah. And I, I could you you could flip flop those guys, but yeah, that's the way. Uh, I said, you know, against righties. That's how, what I'm thinking. Of. Okay. So, uh, so Hoinsey is, uh, is presupposing Bobby Bradley is going to make the, uh, the opening day roster. Uh, Bradley uh, has, I believe Bradley has an option remaining. Right. Uh, and, uh, and Jake Bowers uh, does not have an option remaining. So there's uh, either Bowers is either going to be on the bench as a backup outfield slash first baseman, or uh, you know, they're going to have to make a move with that uh, and, and, and designate him. Uh, as far as, you know, the, the top of that, that order, I, I, I can't argue with it. I like how you, uh, uh, how you would have gone left, right, left with uh, Rosario batting in the cleanup spot, uh, dropping Reyes down to fifth and, and Naylor uh, batting sixth there. Uh, I see that. 
the only one I have a question with is, uh, is, is Ahmed Rosario going to be on the roster? Is he going to get traded before that time? Uh, or is, do they, do they bat him up as high as, as, as seventh? I, uh, you know, if, if they've got uh, Jimenez the, and they're going to give the kid a, a chance to play, uh, maybe they, they bat him ninth uh, at shortstop and move everybody up one spot. But uh, other than that, I, I can definitely see that that being a, a lineup that that works for sure. Uh, I, I my only substitute, I think they were, they're going to give uh, uh, Jake Bowers a shot over Bobby Bradley. Yeah, you know, that that's a that's a good point. It's certainly uh, worthy of debate. Um, you know, I, I would think they've got to find out one way or the other about Bowers. This is a huge spring for him. You know, he didn't play at all last year. I mean, he was in the alternate training site, didn't get a, a big league at bat. And he was available the whole time for the 60 game sprint. So, you know, what does that tell you? That, that, that is telling me something that, Hey, it's uh, the last chance saloon this season for, uh, for Bowers. And, and, and make no, make no mistake. Jake Bowers is clearly the better uh, defender right now uh, at first base. Uh, defensively, his glove is at, at one time, Terry Francona was, was raving about, uh, you know, Jake Bowers defensive potential at first base. So, and we have not heard anything quite like that out of, about Bobby Bradley. Now, if, if when we start asking Tito, when we get uh, daily availability with him, we start asking Tito about Bobby Bradley's defense and he starts saying, you know, very complimentary things about Bobby Bradley's defense, then maybe we know which, which direction he might lean in terms of uh, that position in that spot. But, uh, you know, in, in, in years past, we've asked him about Jake Bowers and he said, you know, if, if we ever, Put him at first base. He's probably one of our best defensive first basemen. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, you know that I just wish he swung the bat a little better, Joe. You know, this is a guy. You know, they traded. Uh, they traded who? Um, who's I can uh, never Yanni know. Diaz. Yanni Diaz and Diaz has turned into a pretty good hitter when healthy for Tampa Bay. Uh, he's hit more home runs than he hit in here in at Cleveland, uh, and. Uh, we haven't seen that return from Bowers. I mean, he did hit for the cycle a couple of years ago against Detroit, but that was that was his lone highlight. You know, the thing I, I was I was you know kind of wrestling with Joe is Mercado in the number two spot, mm-hmm. and but I didn't see another right-handed hitter to stick between those two right you know those two switch hitters with Hernandez and Ramirez. And I'm you know I'm, I just remember Mercado from two years ago. He hit in that number two spot between Lindor and Ramirez had a great job, had a great season. And, uh, but maybe would they hit him ninth, maybe give him a chance to get his feet wet and just, uh, you know, kind of ease back into this, into the season after he struggled. So, so, so badly last year. Well, another option in that number two spot might be Daniel Johnson. Uh, if, if, if you look at it, I mean, that's a left-handed bat that you could put between two switch hitters there against a right-handed pitcher, a uh, right-handed starter. Uh, the question for really both for Mercado and for Daniel Johnson is, are they going to be able to, to put the bat on the ball enough? Are they going to limit their strikeouts enough to, to be effective in that number two hole? You can't have a guy go up there and, and swing the bat in the number two hole and, and have a hundred strikeouts in a season. That's just not doable. So. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, probably Mercado to me, I, I, I haven't seen Jackson a lot. I mean, Johnson a lot. Um, and I, he just seems to, I don't know if he's a contact guy. Is he a, is he a 
He's, he's a little bit more he's a little bit more of a power bat than he is a yeah. guy. So and it looks like Mercado's a little bit you can play some action baseball with with Mercado. He can run too. But you know, Johnson can run as well. So uh, you know that's a that's a good uh, that's a that's an interesting uh, alternative there. When Mercado was his most successful, he was batting between what Francisco Lindor and Jose Ramirez. Yeah, that's so, a pretty uh, good place to be. Uh, I, I, maybe it was uh, Santana was up in the three spot at that yeah, time. Right, but, right. But still, you know, that's that's when he was going. You're going to see a lot more fastballs. You're going to see a lot more pitches in the zone when you're batting between those two guys. Uh, the, who knows, maybe Cesar Hernandez, uh, you know, gives you, if he gives you a, a standard Hernandez season, maybe, maybe that helps Mercado if, if he gets that number two spot. With Indians baseball right around the corner, there's never been a better time for you to register for Indian subtext. Our subscriber-based service gives you the inside scoop and analysis on the Indians. For $3.99 a month, you get everything we're hearing and the first word before things are announced. We text you big breaking news directly to your phone, even before it's up on cleveland.com. And you can text us directly with your questions and opinions. It's a great way to avoid the trolls on social media, and it's the only way to get your questions and comments on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Why should you sign up? Here's one of our subscribers, Bill from Arizona. I think it's great the way uh, uh, you guys have handled it this year and appreciate the fact that you know, you usually, uh, when you're able, respond pretty uh, quickly, either just to me or to, you know, to, to everybody. And it's nice to have a little insight on some things and then maybe an hour or two later, the story will break. I kind of feel like I'm sort of, you know, on the QT in the know and it's fun. Bill and all of our Indian subtext subscribers agree. There's a lot going on with the team and the best way to keep up is with Indian subtext. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians or text Hoinsey or Joe at 216-208-4346. Again, that's joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians or send a text message to 216-208-4346. We look forward to having you as a member of Indian subtext. Let's uh, let's jump at the uh, the lineup against a lefty. Always fun to to throw a curveball in there and see what with uh, a lefty on the mound, which way uh, uh, they decide to go. Yeah, I'm I'm going with uh, if I if I can remember, I'm going with uh, Hernandez, Mercado, Ramirez um, in the top three spots. Then I'm putting I'm flipping Reyes into the cleanup spot, mm-hmm. dropping Rosario down to uh, five. Uh, then I'm going with uh, uh, Jordan Luplo in right. Uh, right. instead of Naylor, mm-hmm. then uh, Rosario, then uh, I think. Uh, you had Roberto Perez and then Bradley yeah. to fill to, to yeah, fill it Roberto out. Perez. And then, uh, you know, I might go, I don't know if I, I stick with Bradley there, but yeah, that's, that's how I'd go. Yeah. Well, and, and the problem that I see is that the Indians have is that they don't have a right-handed bat to that a right-handed hitting first baseman any, anywhere right now that, so no matter what, you're going to have a, a lefty with Rosario playing every day, you're going to have that lefty in the lineup and you're going to have a, a left-handed hitting first baseman somewhere in their lineup, whether it's Naylor, Bowers, or Bobby Bradley. One of the, uh, one of those three is going to be in the lineup at some point uh, against a left-handed hitter. And 
he, he could take turns just, uh, you know, putting any one of those three in there. Uh, Bauer splits against lefties are, are not great. Bradley, I don't think he's ever really, uh, he, he's actually, Bradley's actually had the most success out of the three in his minor league career batting against lefties. But, you know, that, that's triple A. That's not, that's not the big yeah. league. So, um, so, yeah, I think Bobby Bradley might be the choice to go with in that spot. But, uh, you know, the other two don't, don't give you a lot of, uh, a lot of confidence if, if they have to play. And even like Freeman, if you stick Mike Freeman there, if he makes a club, he's a lefty too. So, you know, I, I mean, and I, I don't think he played that much first base. You know, I'm, I look at, you know, no. he's mostly up the middle guy in the third baseman. Right. Mike Freeman's going to play anywhere in the, in the field. It's, it, it really doesn't matter. And, and he's another guy who will put the bat on the ball a little bit more than uh, these, the other guys, but I, uh, I don't see him playing first base on, at least on a regular basis uh, with that. Uh, so, so you're, I mean, this is all presupposing that Ahmed Rosario makes the club and yeah. plays and, and is a, is, is a regular part of things. And I, I think that could be the case that uh, there are, you know, rumors and rumblings that he could be traded, but if they have to open the season with this guy, uh, you know, he's going to have to find a place to play and play regularly if they want to at least showcase him for other teams. Yeah, definitely. And this is a guy that's, you know, showed some power in the past, Joe, uh, what, two years ago, he hits what, 17 home runs. And this is a team that's going to need some power. And um, I just think, uh, Maybe Jimenez, you know, is, you know, as you pointed out, Jimenez is a better defensive player. I think that's pretty obvious, but will he hit? And he's a left-handed hitter and, you know, ideally he'd be your number nine guy because he can run, right? Right. And, and he, he can steal a base so he can well, help I, you that, that way. I, I can tell you the only place that he's not going to hit for Jimenez is not going to hit while he's sitting on the bench in the big leagues. So if <laughs> yeah. you're playing Rosario and you've got, you know, Chang and you've got Freeman and you've got all these other guys that can, can play back up. Then if, if that's the case, then, then I don't see Jimenez, you know, making the opening day roster. I think he's got to start a triple a, if that's the case, and then bring him up. If he tears it up at triple a, then bring him up eventually, because you're going to see, you know, Rosario kick a few balls at shortstop. That's going to happen. Yeah. And what, uh, and Jimenez, uh, uh, he, he, He's, he jumped triple A last year, didn't he? Come right. up straight from double right, yeah. A. So yeah. he was at the, uh, I, I believe he, he, did he spend time with the alternate site or did he come up early? I'm, I'm not sure. There's only two months, but, but either way. Uh, so uh, yeah, maybe some, maybe opening the season. And, and again, Tito likes to, uh, a guy like Jimenez is in that perfect position where, where Tito likes to open the season with them at triple A and bring them up you know, maybe a month or two into the season. Yeah, that's a great point. He did that with Mercado two years ago. And if you're hot, you hit the ground running and you kind of don't look back. Right. All right, let's move on to the rotation where uh, where things are, are pretty well settled at the top, but, uh, you know, maybe there's a, maybe there's some wiggle room there. Yeah, I'm going with, uh, you know, I'll go obviously Bieber, um, Shane Bieber and, uh, I'll go with uh, Plesak, Zach Plesak, Aaron Savali, uh, then McKenzie, and then uh, uh, Cal Quantrill as my five guys. I I 100% agree with that, and in all five spots, I do think there's a uh, there's potential and there's room for Savali 
to be that number two guy in the rotation. I think they're that high on him in this organization. They think that highly of Savali and just the, the, the pitch mix and the ability that he has. And, and he could come out in spring training and have one of those uh, Shane Bieber spring trainings where he doesn't give up a run and, and strikes out, you know, two, three guys in inning. Uh, I, act, I don't think there's any residual effect or anything from last season in terms of, uh, you know, the, the, the stuff that went on with breaking the uh, COVID protocols. I think he's, he's back to being a full-fledged member of that clubhouse and has the confidence within himself and from the team to go out and, and, and do the job. Uh, maybe experience-wise, he's a little bit further along than Savali, but Savali is the one that they keep talking about who's the quote-unquote Kluber clone. He's the one who can, you know, who, who has the potential to match that. So who knows? Uh, you know, maybe Savali's your number two, maybe Plesek's your number three. I think either way, you can't go wrong. Yeah, and uh, I think, you know, with Savali, the interesting thing about him is, he, is his durability. I mean, he, I think he pitched what he was maybe in the top 10 of innings pitch last, last year in the American League. Uh, you know, he's a guy that gives you at least five, I mean, probably gets into the sixth inning almost every start. Now, he ran into some problems, I think, in the second, you know, later in the last season. Uh, you know, his ERA kind of uh, jumped up, but, you know, I think he's really a durable guy and, uh, you know, that, that counts and it's going to especially count, you know, this year when all, if you, if they do play 162 games, you know, uh, how, how much are these guys, where do they put these pitch? How, how, you know, what's the pitch limit on, or the innings limit on mm -hmm. these starters, you know, are they going to let them go 200 innings? I, you know, I can't see that happening after what Bieber was, you know, among the league leaders, he pitched about 70 innings last year. Do you, do you right, make that right. jump from 70 to 200 innings? Or do you need extra starters, a guy like Plutko, you know, just sitting there or, a, or a, you know, the, the Moss kid, the left-hander, you know, a guy that's either sitting in the alternate camp or, or is in the bullpen that you can, uh, you know, tr you know j uh, come in for a spot start. Right. And uh, it's interesting you bring up Adam Plutko. Uh, they're going to need him at some point because, like you said, Tristan McKenzie isn't going to throw 200 innings this year. They're not going to let that happen. I, yeah. I think they're going to take it easy with him and, and see what they've got. And, you know, he might throw uh, 125 to 150 innings and, 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 and be really good. But again, they're going to be cautious with him. They're not going to just completely take the reins off of him like they did Shane Bieber. Uh, the, the year before last, where, you know, going into the 2019 season, they, 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 there was talk about being, you know, cautious with Shane Bieber as well. Yeah, that's a great point. And I, I'm, I'm going to be anxious to see how they handle these guys in spring training, Joe, you know, um, and because, you know, normally you're, you're coming off a full season and, you know, what they used to do with Carrasco and, and Kluber, uh, and even, you know, but guys like that, Josh Tomlin, guys that have pitched a lot of innings the season before they kind of, you know, set those guys back. They wouldn't let them pitch in the cactus league games early. They'd be thrown on the backfields and then they gradually ease them into spring training. And it, you know, I wonder if they're going to take the same tactic or will they let these guys go because, you know, they need the innings to, uh, you know, to get stronger because they only threw 60 innings or so uh, last season. Right. I mean, and that opens you know, 70 up. innings. And, and that opens up opportunities, at least in the Cactus, Cactus League games, for guys like Cal Quantrill and guys like 
uh, you know, like you said, Scott Moss, Logan Allen, and uh, even like the, you know, Jordan Humphrey and, and, and uh, the Stevens kid, those guys to, you know, guys that we're not as familiar with, they get an opportunity to, to, to show a little more and develop a little more and, and maybe get Tito excited about them uh, heading out of things. All right, last step. Let's uh, let's go through the uh, the bullpen. Who do you have there as the guys? Uh, depending on whether they carry seven or eight guys, uh, it it all depends, I guess, is the the big decision. Yeah, I you know I'm going with uh, Karen Shack, uh, Whitgren, Class A, and Maytime as my kind of core four guys at the back end. Uh, then I, I'm, I'm you know I'm going to throw Plutko in there. I'm going to put uh, you know Brian Shaw. I think. Probably makes it. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, they need a lefty, so I'm I'm going to go with Anthony Ghost. I mean, you know, he's I think he's he's coming to camp as a spring training guy. Throws hard. Maybe this is his. This is the spring he he convinces them that that he's ready to make the conversion all the way from outfield to uh to the to the bullpen. And and if they go with eight, I'm going with uh, uh Heath Hembry. Am I saying that right? Heath Hembry. Yeah, yes. Uh, so, so you're taking Hembry over uh, Shaw. Shaw uh, Hembry's the one with the uh, the 1.25 um, million contract. If he does make the roster, um, you've also got the possibility. Uh, Kyle Nelson was a kid who yeah. was up uh, last year. He's a lefty. Um, if you're looking at somebody other than Anthony Ghost to to be able to go in there, uh, Sam Henches. I, I think they still might want to leave him as a starter. Uh, at triple A, double A or triple A. But uh, if, if we're looking for a lefty, at least one lefty in there. Yeah, I guess, I, you know, I, the, the one guy I forgot was uh, Logan Allen. So I don't know if they want him. He And he pitched when he when he did pitch. I think he was mostly out of the bullpen last year, three or four right. times. And he was a long guy. So, you know, he was stretched out. So if they, you know, he's, a, he's a, an option as well. Right. And, you know, Logan Allen might be in direct competition with a guy like Adam Plutko. You know, because yeah. he can, because he can do, he can do both. He can stretch out and and give you, a, you know, long innings uh, as a lefty, and and he could also, uh, you know, be your be your left-handed guy in the bullpen. Who knows? Uh, yeah, blood goes out of options, right? I mean, uh, right. So it's right. something to remember as well. All right. Well, uh, there you have it. Uh, our to our subtext subscribers, go ahead and uh, uh, reply to that message. Send us what your um, uh, take is on the the lineups that Hoinsey has, has put up there. Uh, let's go through a couple of responses here real quickly. Uh, uh, a response from the Toledo area code. This guy says, assuming Jimenez will start the season in Columbus, he's got Hernandez and then Ahmed Rosario uh, batting in the number two hole ahead of uh, Jose Ramirez, Framil Reyes, Eddie Rosario, Josh Naylor at first base, uh, Zimmer or Bowers in right field, with Perez and Mercado rounding out the lineup versus a right-handed pitcher. And then against a lefty, Hernandez, Rosario again at se- uh, batting second at shortstop. Uh, Ramirez, Reyes, Rosario, Luplo in, in right field. Uh, Naylor at first base, uh, Perez and Mercado. So uh, pretty much the same names uh, yeah. there as, as, as with your lineup. Uh, uh, so... Again, and, and really the uh, the bullpen and uh, starting rotation that, that he put forward, this guy, uh, Bieber, Plesek, Savali, McKenzie, and Quantrill, 
I think that's uh, a lot of people would be surprised if that's not what the, the rotation looks like coming out of spring training. Yeah, you know, Quantrill's really the, the interesting guy there. And, and, and McKenzie, we, gotta, we, we have to find out if McKenzie can hold up during, you know, the, the entire spring and, and, you know, how far, how far can he make it into the, to a 162-game season? And Quantrill is a guy that, you know, has been begging for a chance to start. He started a couple games down the stretch for the Indians. You know, one or one was good. I think he, he did okay, both of them, two or three of them. Uh, so, you know, I think he's going to get a shot along. And, you know, they've got some other guys that can work into that spot, like, you know, Scott Moss and Logan Allen and Plutko. So it's going to be kind of a heated competition right there. Right. The nice thing is, like you said, if there are concerns about McKenzie and Quantrill in those four and five spots, there is depth behind them with Logan Allen, Scott Moss, Adam Plutko, guys that can step in and give you innings if you need them. So uh, that's why you haven't seen the Indians go out and sign a, 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 a cost-effective uh, starting pitcher or bring in a veteran or, or anybody, you know, because they know that they've got that depth and they can rely on that, uh, you know, in the minors. So there you go. All right, moving away from the lineups really quickly, uh, just to finish up today's podcast. Uh, the Major League Baseball announced a, uh, a, a on the heels of the Jared Porter and Mickey Calloway uh, controversies, Major League Baseball announced a harassment hotline uh, that will be prominently uh, featured in clubhouses and in press boxes and everywhere, um, uh, you know, uh, people work in, in Major League Baseball uh, so that, that folks feel safe, particularly women in the in that environment uh, to avoid this, these situations uh, as much as possible. Uh, you know, is, is this a good idea that, that they've put forward this, this hotline that will really sort of, uh, you know, try to avoid these situations in the future? Oh, I think it's a great idea, Joe. Anything can help. I think, you know, we're beyond, uh, you know, teams making statements you know, and, and issuing statements after, you know, one of their, uh, you know, one of their coaches or players have, you know, harassed reporters, especially female reporters. There has to be a little more, you know, there's got to be a little more muscle behind uh, the, their, their claims that, you know, they want to be inclusive organizations. They want to have, give the safe working environments to, uh, you know, to, to reporters, uh, to reporters of all colors, creeds, and sexes. So I think this is a good, good start. I think, you know, there's, there's a lot more to, to do, uh, but, you know, this is start. And, and the thing is, Joe, I think, you know, as a reporter, you know, women reporters, all they want to do is do their job. And, you know, and I think when, when you know, har these harassment stories, you know, surface, you know, every woman reporter gets asked. And I think it just, it puts them in a bad situation. And perhaps this way where they can call, they don't have to, you know, they can be anonymous. They can, you know, or at least, you know, the, the, they can call in the, and they know it'll be confidential and the, the, the complaint will be looked into. You know, that, that, that's a good thing. And, and uh, because if, when, when, you know, stories like this become, you know, public, I think, you know, it really puts, you know, all female reporters under scrutiny and it, and, and it makes their job tougher. I mean, no, no reporter wants to be the story. The reporters want to report on the story. Right. 
when you become part of the story, you know, that hurts you. You cut off sources. It, it, it puts, you know, you, it, it opens you to, to a scorn and in, in, on social media. And uh, it, you know, it just makes it tougher for you to do your job and may eventually drive you out of that sport. So, you know, I think this is a good, good first step. And that's exactly what we saw with the Jared Porter situation with the reporter uh, from Japan, who is no longer uh, uh, in the media. It's, it, and that's the situation that everybody wants to avoid. You don't want to, you know, uh, alter somebody's career, uh, you know, negatively in that regard uh, as, as a result of just trying to, to, to weed out this, this awful situation as a, as a, when they occur. Uh, all right. Uh, we wanted to take a look at um, remaining free agents, but let's, uh, let's bump that to tomorrow's uh, podcast and, and we'll talk about that then. Uh, we wrap it up for today. Uh, looking forward to, you know, again, we're, we're getting closer. It's uh, one week away from, from the report date. Lindsay, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll catch you again tomorrow and uh, maybe wrap up some more uh, stuff about the lineups, maybe have some more feedback from our uh, subtexters on what they think the Indians lineup should look like here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Mm-hmm.